Jared Austin is on the line and looks like Elvis is one of the more interesting runners on Packham uh, Cup Day tomorrow and he joins us. Good morning to you, Jared. Morning. How's that? Uh, looks like Elvis, mate. We haven't seen him at the races for uh, a few months now. How is he? Yeah, no, look, he's really good. Um, yeah, we put him out. Put him out. He's had a couple of months rest. Um, he's come back in really good order. Trolled up well, as you would have seen. And, um, you know, I'm really happy with him. Jared, he seems to love this way of going, too. Look, he sure does. Yeah, he definitely has a bit of an affinity with that way of going. Although, I sort of feel it's... Um, it's more important that he just gets onto a big, spacious track, and um, Flemington and Packingham certainly cover those, cover that sort of that mould. So, um, yeah, look, he, he certainly loves the Melbourne way of going, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the be the be all and end all. I think he just needs the big, spacious, roomy tracks, and he can do his best there. He's been a ripper horse. I mean, he's eight year old now. He's had the fifty eight starts, and he's been in the money thirty one times in the placings and one ten. But just looking through it. He's only ever had two gear changes, and that was, I think, a crossover noseband and blinkers or something on and off back in 2017 before you got him. He must just be a lovely, sound horse. Oh, he sure is. Yeah, he's, he's, and he enjoys his racing. You know, he loves being in work, um, and he enjoys his racing. So he's just a pleasure, to be honest. Um, as you say, he's, he's as sound as they come, touch wood. Um, but, um, yeah, and, and he's just competitive all the time. So he's been up against... You know, always racing up against the top company for most of his career. Um, the last last sort of the last season or so, I've tried to dodge the good ones as best we can and, and go sort of out of season. Um, but yeah, he's been competitive up against the best of them. So you tipped him out in July, and he's obviously had a bit of time off, and he he's returned to work recently. First up tomorrow, was that always the plan to get him going now and race him through the summer months, or was there an issue that kept him out for a little bit longer? No, that was the plan. Yeah, no, that was the plan. We sort of, we brought him back through in the wintertime there and, and we only planned on giving him a couple of runs so that we could we could get him back out um, and, and have enough time to give him a short break and then get him ready for to race over the summertime. So, so this race was always the plan first up. Um, ever since I've had him, he's, he's, he's just run fantastic first up. Um, I know his form sort of suggests early on there when he crossed over to me that he, he hadn't run great on paper first up. But if you had go back and have a look at his runs, and they were actually fantastic runs. So we should have planned this to go first up um, with him today or tomorrow. Um, and everything's sort of fallen into place so far. I've still got uh, that vision in my head of him winning at Flemington in June when he, he missed the start and he came storming over the top of him. It was one of the more extraordinary wins I've seen all year. Um, he's drawn barrier three tomorrow. Uh, what do you make of the the gate, and uh, where do you expect him to be in the run? I look really happy with the barrier. Um, it just means we can land into a, a decent position without having to do any work. Um, look, I'll leave that up to Craig, but I'd imagine he'll be uh, uh, he'll be midfield. Um, he'll be midfield at best, I'd imagine, from there. And we won't have to do too much work. And then Craig's just going to have to weave the passage through, and, and and hopefully he can do the rest. But as I say, it's a big track there at Packenham, so. Um, yeah, I've no no two worries about that. But yeah, he he won't be too close from there. But um, he'll be he'll definitely be a bit closer than what he was that day at Flemington. I hope. <laughs> and Jared, you can often con yourself if you just look at the finishing position of a horse because in his first prep for you, he ran seventh in the Tramway, beaten less than two lengths. He ran third in the Shannon, beaten a length and a half, and he ran fifth in the Epsom, beaten a length and a half. Unbelievable runs. Yeah, yeah he sure was. He's been a fantastic horse for me. Um, as I said before, he just always he always puts in, um, 
And, yeah, look, he's been only a length or so away from the very good ones, um, from the very best ones, but I just felt as he got older into his career, I just thought maybe we could dodge those sort of horses and we can pick up some good prize money along the way. So, and look, this, this race is fantastic prize money um, on offer for a, for a restricted race. So, yeah, it's fantastic. How's all the wet weather you've had up in New South and you just copped an absolute belting there for a while? How did that affect you guys at Warwick Farm? <laughs> well... Look, that was one of the reasons why we planned this, planned this with him is the way we did, to be honest, because we were just getting so much wet weather, and he doesn't like he, he doesn't like the the wetter surfaces. But um, oh, it was a nightmare, Sean, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just trying to place horses, and and a lot of our horses just had run after run on heavy tracks. So now that we're starting to get a a little bit firmer decks, we're actually seeing huge form turnarounds. Um, so yeah, it was really really frustrating, and, and obviously very frustrating for the horses too. But um, it's dried out a bit now, and as I say, we're starting to see the benefits of it for these horses who obviously went through went through whole preparations where they w- they wouldn't have even see anything like a dry track. So, yeah, very frustrating. But we look to be at the end of it now. Jared, they've always been very anti-synthetic racetracks in New South Wales. I mean, being, having been through what you've been through, would you rather race a horse on a synthetic one than pull its guts out on a heavy ten? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we um. If your horse doesn't handle a heavy track, and you and you've got to because there was nothing else around, you've got to run on it. You're really going to the races without without much hope, you know. You um, so yeah, I think there's definitely a place for synthetic tracks. Yeah, it, but Peter Valandis knows they've just been dead against them, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the what the reasoning is there. They've been quite successful down in Victoria, so I'm not sure why they haven't haven't gone along that way. But um, you know, I'm sure they've got their reasons. But yeah, I'm not quite sure. Beyond right. beyond tomorrow. Um, Jared, what's the preparation look like for the horse? He'll come back home on Sunday. He'll come back to Warwick Farm on the Sunday. Um, and then more than likely he'll head back down for the chest and manifold in a month's time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of the plan all the way along. We'll just see how he comes through that run. Look, there's also also the old, the, the old billiards. is yeah. now worth a hell of a lot of money. It's worth $2 so million dollars now. I thought about that, yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's, um, it's a a big carrot dangled in front of you when they're offering that sort of money. But mm. um, just look, we'll see how he comes back through this race and we'll bring him back. But originally the plan was just to head back to the Chester Manifold in a month's time. Um, but as I say, we'll just see how he is and we, we may see a nomination for that race as well. Uh, Jared, Miss Capella, can we get a little bank today with uh, Miss Capella and KB Jennings at Mudgee? Well, they, they, they did put up $4 yesterday about Miss Capella and... Um, and and I've missed all of that, so yeah, I would have said yes for sure. But I, I see she's been crunched in the market, so look, I, I do expect her to run a very good race up there today. Um, she's been knocking on the door and didn't have a great deal of luck last start up there at Newcastle. So um, if she gets a little bit of, of even amount of luck today, yeah, I think she'll be very hard to beat. Now, with the uh, success of Godolphin James coming through the spring with the prawns on there at Warwick Farm. <laughs> Oh, there was a little bit around you, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's nice to know. Yeah, that, after, yeah, if you win a group one, that's the deal, isn't it, Jared? You've got to put the prawns yeah, well, on. Although, although they sort of stray away from it a little bit. A few of them shine out of that, but yeah. That's not good. You're going to have to yeah. resurrect that because there's a few yeah. of them there. I reckon Greg Hickman, he just put them in one side and the shell had come out the other. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he's good on the tooth. Like a hammer mill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck, no, definitely. Good luck tomorrow uh, with looks like Elvis, and good luck today with Miss Capella, even though they've knocked the price off. 
They've knocked the price off, but I'll be very happy if he wins anyway. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good, good on you, Jared. Jared. He's a great horse, looks like Elvis, and if he wins tomorrow, he'll go surging through the million-dollar mark as well.